my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. We've seen all the video call fails by now, the mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. DJ JS1 wrote, quote, When we were younger and listened to Kane, KRS, Rockham, G-Rap, Ace, Craig G, EPMD, P, Dilla, etc., they were out our age or close to it. As they age, some allowed their content to mature, which still speaks to us. Many couldn't have drugs, guns, and false threats. Subjects, material is more prevalent now than ever. Craig G's new project that just dropped February, September 4th, 2020, The Fragile Ego, is such a much-needed display of honest, mature, and thought-out material that would not be easy for many macho egomaniacs we all know. And with that, uh, Craig G, welcome to the Library of Timonico. Thank you so much for being here. What's good, brother? Thank you, man. Uh, so... You know, before I ask you about the album and the life changes, I, I actually have one kind of musical question, and it's something that like stood out when I was watching an interview with uh, Rakim and Chuck D. Um, Rakim talked about jazz and how jazz made him like a better MC because he kind of learned about learned about music and time and space through that. Um, so I was actually always wanted to ask you this: Was there ever, or is there a piece of type of music, a genre of music that kind of made you a better MC? Well. It's weird that you use this particular intro because I was I almost got wrapped up in a debate with a guy who said he doesn't think I pick good beats. And this one is the same way, although at the end of the whole conversation, he proceeded to put up a YouTube link of his old beats. (laughs) (laughs) But what 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 I realized is that, you know, it's not a particular genre. I just like all kinds of music. You know, and if 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 to 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 appreciate all kinds of music will make you a better MC. Mm. That's how I see it. I'm a huge fan of '80s pop. Right. I love Tears for Fears and Hole and Oats and Depeche Mode, and I just like good music, man. And I believe that that is what makes me a better MC because you can get some great ideas from different genres of music you know Mm. and to be honest with you this project was inspired not even really by hip-hop like you know a lot of uh i guess the word is alternative rock is very honest Mm -hmm. there's no no posturing or anything like that you understand what i'm saying yeah so you know they, they, they're open about their feelings on a song. So to me, like I said, it's not just one particular. I agree with Rakim as far as jazz goes, but it's not just one particular genre. I like all kind of music. I do hip hop all day long. So I don't want to go home and listen to hip hop. <laughs> I love it. 
but my my ear palate is different. I like to listen to different stuff. So yeah, I mean I agree a hundred percent. But it's just not relegated to one genre, you know. Right. It's funny. Like, I do podcasting all day long, and the last thing I want to do is go home and <laughs> listen to podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's it. I, I want to turn to the album because I think you know that's that's it's, it says a lot about not just about your music but obviously about where you are in your life right now because you are a real person you're not just a artist you know you're, you're a human who have feelings and everything like that um yes. you listen to it and and it just it, it you know it, it it shoots honesty it says that it tells us that there's so much that has changed in your life not just as an artist but personally um and and I, you know i know that's tr- that i was gonna ask you is that true and that obviously is true but what have what have these significant changes been and kind of when did you start seeing or or realizing that you were going to have to make these changes honestly it started maybe the beginning of 2019 but i still was kind of stuck and what I wanted to do, because I've done music for 35 years. I've right. never done anything else. But, you know, I was in kind of a tumultuous relationship where, you know, things were things were good, things were bad. And, and not just that, you know, I'm getting closer to 50 years old. You know, I'm not 50 yet. I'm, I'm younger than most people think I am, but I'm not 50 yet. But I'm getting closer to there. And I just started thinking about where my life has been and where it's headed. And, you know, it just started to really weigh on me. Like, you know, I want to be able to say I accomplished something else in my life besides something I've been doing since I was a kid. And, you know, um, I was still in the relationship and it was, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And then in January, you know, it started to get a little more worse or whatever. And, you know, we were still working it out. But that's when I kind of really decided like, yo, okay, Craig, it's time to do something different. And, And to put it in layman's terms, it's basically this. I have been in a business where people try to take advantage of you at every turn. So you have to speak to people a certain way. You have to you know, I have this certain attitude and I've had that attitude with everyone in my life because that's the only attitude I knew. And I feel like, um, this is what I've been saying, like for the past two months, I wanted to do something different to be able to save Craig from Craig G. Right. Oh, wow. Cause I've, I've never ever really have lived as just Craig ever. And, you know, it's it it's it's not a good thing, you know. So this is why I decided to start making some changes in my life. And, it you know, right now it feels really good because it really feels good to accomplish something that I don't do so effortlessly. I'm learning new things and it's very exciting to me. I mean, is this so would this be for you? Is this uh more personal or changes versus or career changes or not even I mean I guess not even career changes because I think once you're you know you're you you you're never going to fully quit hip hop right no um, not at all uh, is I mean is it something what's what what kind of personal changes or career changes are you not even career I mean what, what are you trying to do in terms of um, well I'm currently in school to be in the health field and I'm in my third week my second week of school and. Um, 
like basically this business for everyone, mind you, and I'm not just singling me out. There's a whole series of ups and downs, you know, and especially with COVID going on now and there's no perform live performances or what have you. What I wanted to do for once in my life is to not have to treat hip hop like my life depends on it. Right. So it's like a freedom. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much what it is. And then on top of that, choosing the health field and, you know, helping people out will will humble me. Mm. You know? And I believe everyone has to humble themselves at some time. Right. So this is where it's at with it. And like I said, it's it's just exciting to be learning some new stuff. When when you were um did did the did the did the life changes or personal changes that you started making, did that start before the creation of this album? Was it started during um It started of- during. It started during. Like like it was already on my mind when I started recording the Fragile Ego. It was already on my mind. And like I said, it just took a, another minute for me to decide what I wanted to do because I don't really have any other work experience. So I knew that I would have to go learn from scratch something. So, you know, it was already on my mind. And not just career-wise, just in a personal growth-wise where it's like, you know, um, the way you think you think like a rapper and not everyone in your life is in the music business. Not everyone in your life, uh, are rappers. Right. So it already started there. You know what I mean? And you know, the stubbornness and, the I think I know everything. Nobody could tell me nothing type of attitude. You know, when you're in the music business and you have fans and supporters, nobody really kind of tells you no. Right. And as a kid, it's even worse. You know what I mean? That's why you have so many child stars that wind up on the wrong side of life. Right. So, you know, it it, it started like these things were already in me. Like, this is not the only project I have. I have three other EPs done. Did some one of them is mixed already. The other two need to be mixed. And just from the titles, you like one of them is called The Pen is Mightier. One is called Perfect People Scare Me. One is called Anytime is the Right Time. My mindset is changing. And also, as I jokingly tell some of my other music friends, I found my Achilles heel, which has probably not made me show my full potential, which was I needed to stop rapping about rap. Mm. I really did. Because when you're rapping about rap and you're rapping about how great the music was before and how it's not now and how the industry is this and that you're only speaking to a very small amount of people right and what i noticed is when you speak about life experiences people can relate to it Mm. so that 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 like all of that combination of things is what started to change me artistically so when can you just can you take us into the uh the studio sessions uh for this i mean i feel like 
you know, when you talk to someone about life changes or career, not many, quote unquote, career changes, uh, there's always that kind of chance of like, or just discussion of whether they sh- or he or she should uh, totally walk away, at least for a moment, from you know, career A, right? Uh-huh. Um, was there ever that? Were you ever in the studio sessions, or you know, about to go in and, and realizing, you know, and these 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 changes were happening to you that you thought maybe you should just kind of take a break from this album, um, or was this like for you, for what it is? The end product is obviously this is an incredible, honest project. Did you realize that? All right, this is the project that needs to be done, so I'm not going to walk away from it no matter what. It, it's it's weird because the sessions and all of that were not like any spectacular story, basically. My friend Fruition, who's the producer on the project, he's from Toronto. I never even met him personally. Um, he's about, he's in his 20s. And it's weird because my DJ, I record at his house. He doesn't live too far from me. Mm-hmm. And when we're not recording, we're, we're sports fans. We sit in the crib. We watch football, basketball, all that, you know. Um, I do my verse, my verse for higher jobs there, whatever. So one day... We were watching the football game, and I'm sitting across the room from him, and he's a producer as well. Like One of the projects I have is with him, and he's playing some remix on his phone from off of Instagram. Hmm. And I look up, and I'm like, yo, that beat is kind of dope right there. He's like, yeah, yo, this is this kid. I, I follow him. Out of, and when I go home, I guess our phone's listen to us the same thing came across my instagram feed wow so i click on the page and he's already following me and i'm like yo man that's really dope right there maybe send me a couple of beats and let's see what we could work on the project so he sent me like three beats and um i kind of sat with him for a second and then um i had a really bad disagreement with someone in my life like it was just really bad like very stressful and the next morning i wound up writing three of the songs in like an hour like all these emotions just started coming out of me Mm. and then from there he sent me like three more beats and then he sent me like three more and my pen was just taking control of me because it was like i'm letting out all these feelings and it's like you know what this is really not like taking any effort because I'm not speaking from a persona standpoint. I'm not speaking from some overblown ego standpoint. I'm basically just talking about the things that are going on in my life, except for dear daddy. Dear daddy is a whole nother story. Cause that song's technically not about me. I uh. only have one son. So once I had him written, I kind of went in the studio. I think the NFL playoffs was on, went to the studio and I recorded all of them in about two hours. I didn't have to relay anything. I just went in the booth and it just all came out. Wow. And what you hear to me personally, just from the outside looking in, they're not uh, incredible triple entendre lyric schemes or anything like that. What it is, is you hear the emotion. You know, you can hear the emotion in every song. And I just let it all out, man. And it felt good. It was very therapeutic for me. And, that, and that's kind of like, 
there, there's a, a DMX, DMX is one of DMX. The DMX's first album. He has, this, I think, this great line that kind of sums up why this album speaks volumes. Your album speaks volumes to people, and why it's you know it's 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 just sincere. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be this like crazy wordplay that you know, and because it because it's it does what it has to do. And he has this line. It goes something like, "I I just say what's in my heart, and you call it a style." Uh, yeah, and that's kind of what you've done on this album. I feel like you've kind of just you know you're you you were honest with everyone and and people or your fans and and, and fans and, and people that might be your fan will hear that and they kind of understand that this is this is a, an album. Yeah, I mean, on. I've been in this so long and no one's ever heard this side of me. Right. Um, I actually want to talk about the the music, uh, the tracks. Um, you know, the the first track away from me is uh, details of relationship. Um, you know, a troubling one, uh, one that you're in and out of. Um, can you not just talk about this track, but why is this the the table setter, the first track of the the album? Because the project is the fragile ego, and you know, the overall thing with this project is interhuman relationships. You know, and how complicated people make it when it shouldn't be. You know, there's a lot of things that happen between people in any kind of relationship, friendship, whatever, where an honest conversation where you want to see things from both perspectives could fix almost anything. And, you know, with that particular song, I could have easily went the route where you're bashing the other person and all of this. But. What I wanted to do, and this, you know, this was part of my life of what happened. What I wanted to do was speak about how confusing it was for me. Mm -hmm. And you can hear it, you know. It's not like, fuck you. And then it's like, I don't understand. Right. Yeah. You know? And I think that a lot of people are in that situation. You know? You have this thing now where. No one wants to be told what to do. No one wants to have anything suggested to them what to do. No one wants to be honest with their own shortcomings. Everything is fine. Everyone is like this overconfident thing where what, what, we, what we keep forgetting is we're all human. We all have our stuff with us. And In this particular case, men and women, we will always, no matter what, I don't care how great your relationship is, you're going to see things from different perspectives because we think differently. But yet, people in relationships feel like, hey, you know, we should be on the same page all the time. And the minute we're not, there's something wrong. That's not how it works. What you're supposed to do is say, okay, we're not on the same page as this. I don't think you hate me. I respect that you think differently about that. Let's come to a compromise. Let's meet in the middle. Hmm. But apparently, you know, sadly, that song is about a person who refuses to meet in the middle. So at the end, I'm like, I I just want to leave because you're taking me away from me. And in, and, in, and, in, and in all matters of the heart, if you don't feel accepted as who you are, you're not going to be happy. 
especially when the other person is demanding that from you. Right. So that's exactly what that song is about. Um, you, you mentioned how these the the writing was therapeutic for you, and you know you have a um, I think a great uh, in, in the in the track line like you say some work on the life that people see in the public, but never on their personal demons. They yeah. skip the subject. Um, so you, you're you're another obviously another powerful song, another powerful lyric. Um, and I think I even tweeted at you saying like this is one of the most honest things I've ever heard from you. Yeah. Um, so just, can you talk about the therapeutic part of it? I mean, from a when you're addressing these demons in your art, how is that helping you? Uh, how is that helping you personally? Someone told me the other day, you know, because it dropped Friday. Someone told me what I like about it most is that it it's it doesn't feel like finger pointing. You know, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because some of the stuff I'm talking about myself. Right. You know, like the line you just mentioned. I, I'm i in therapy right now. In mm-hmm. real life. Because the music business has given me a mind state that sometimes is not the best when it comes to real life. So I have a therapist now and I'm in therapy. We do it on FaceTime and I'm like on my seventh session. So what it is, is again, people are chasing perfection. Everyone thinks they're perfect. Everyone thinks situations should be perfect. Everyone thinks life's supposed to be perfect, but it's not true. No, it's not true. Nothing is perfect. You ever heard the whole adage? A man told God his plans and God laughed. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, this is what I wanted to touch on. Like, listen, man, you know, all you could do is be the best version of you and and take life as it comes. I feel like as there's gaining more and yeah, we're in New York City, right? So, like, you know, you, you hear everyone and their mother talk about and it's open to the public you know you could walk by someone they're talking about how they're going to the therapy session right Mm-mm. um well i don't know about in the hip-hop community no and, and that, so that's my point yeah that's, that was my yeah. question so yeah. uh you know you have you know a few years ago you have uh Faramach does PT- ptsd right yeah uh which is uh you know not just about post-traumatic stressism for military vets but also for for young black men and black women yeah um in their community because it's stuff they see the violence they see and stuff like that and he tries to address that i do feel like you you have voice to five nine talking about alcoholism and you know rehab and stuff like that and joel ortiz Mm -hmm. so i feel like you you there is more of a conversation being had about um therapeutic type stuff in the hip-hop community do you think it's do you do but do you still think it's kind of I guess a hush dad or uh, I mean, can you have that? I mean, if you, I mean, do you, are you from the album drop Friday? Are you finding uh, more positive responses? I guess. Well, I'm posting a bunch of responses on Instagram and a lot of people are using the word therapeutic or therapy or what have you. And, you know, I feel like absolutely you'll have post-traumatic stress syndrome from the hood and all of that, but life can give it to you. Right. Life can give it to you. Life can give it to you, especially, like I said, when you think everything should be perfect and it and, and, and a myriad of things don't go your way. It could really depress you. And the first thing you have to learn that I'm learning is not, not everything's going to go your way. 
Not mm-hmm. everything is going to work out the way you want it, no matter how much effort you put into it. That's just life. And what you have to do is learn, hey, you know, even though that didn't go my way, I woke up today. It's another chance to try to figure this out as opposed to just getting in a funk about it or whatever. And um, I believe with COVID going on and a lot of loss being happening as far as life and jobs and income and everything else, I do believe it's starting to be spoken about more. But what I do know is it's the best time ever for it to happen. Hmm. It's the best time ever for it to happen. You know, so look, I'm not knocking mainstream hip hop. That's not my thing anymore. But in the world we're living in at this current moment, I'm really not interested in how much money you're making or how many women you have or how many parties you at, because in the reality of the real world, that is not happening right now. You right. know, right. we, we have damn near race wars, wars with the police, all this political nonsense, all these people who's lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their businesses or family members. It's a lot going on. And I just feel like right now is the perfect time to start addressing people in a real way because there are real things going on. Uh, I think the, you know, one thing that many things, but one thing that's really kind of great about this album and our conversation is that it, it is, you know, it's, it's us learning and kind of, kind of going with you on this journey that you're having of, you know, not just changing as an artist, but also changing in your personal. And, yeah. and you, you look at, you know, every track of the album and, 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 and you know, we're in a day of like, we've been in a days for long for a few years now, but we're in a day that you have an album and there's 58,000 features on it. Yeah. Uh, you have decided to kind of take this journey of life changes by only having one feature, and that's and that's Master Ace. You know, obviously, yeah. um, Master Ace who continues to get better with time. Um, and you know, so why why and I why Master Ace for this journey? I mean, he's you know featured on the title track, The Factory Eco. But why why him? Uh, I'll be completely honest with you, and and I, I've probably never even said this to him. Ace represents what I should have done. And I'll go into detail about this. Out of all the Juice Crew members, I kind of hung out with Master Ace the most besides Marley. And when I met Ace, Ace was just getting down. But when we went to do the symphony and, and shot the cover for In Control, Ace had just graduated college. So Ace didn't fully get into the music business until he finished his education and he did all this. Now I can say I should have done that or whatever, but you know, I was already in it and I was like 15 years old. Right. But at the end of the day, I look at ACE as someone who, you know, if I would have took that route, maybe I would have been happier in life. So when it came to, you know, like you said, for one, this is a personal journey. This is about me. So I didn't want to convolute it with a whole bunch of features. Plus, I kept the project short. So, you know, if I got seven songs on the project, why do I need five features? You know, but like I said, I chose Ace because 
Ace is a very intelligent person. He's very thought provoking. He he thinks about things, and what with the subject matter, I thought who better, you know? And I called him up, and he was like, "Send it to me," and I sent it to him, and he was like, "Yo, this is dope. I got you." And a few weeks later, he was on the road actually, and when he got back, he sent it to me, and I was like, "Perfect." But like I said, the reasoning behind Ace is because he represented something that if I would have done, I probably wouldn't have half of this stuff to talk about. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was trapped in something since since 12 years old. And, you know, I never, ever in my life done anything but this. And it started to feel like a burden for me. Always in the club, you ain't never getting sober. Took a selfie with your daughter friend Tried to shoot your shot But it ain't going in Are you kind of I mean with that response Are you kind of uh, Do you do you wish you You you, you kind of did this type of project Earlier in your career Or I mean Or do you I feel mean, like I, I wish I did But I had to go through this first To be able to do it Right exactly That's true So you know I had to go through it first So you know, it's it, to me, like I say in one of the songs, like my mother never raised a quitter. So to me, I feel like there is no set time for anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, probably would have been dope if I did it earlier, but I wasn't feeling like this earlier. I felt like I was good. Like the music business is good. This is what I'm going to do my whole life. And I'm good with that. But as you get older and your mind matures and things like that, it starts to not feel as good. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, this is, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And, you know, you give the gift of music, but, and people like it. Some people don't, whatever, but you're really not contributing to society. Right. You're just entertaining. And sure, that may contribute somewhat, but I just wanted to do something different, man. And I had to get to this point, I guess, to be able to be honest with myself about this material. I don't want—I don't want to be a fifty-year-old kid, man. Right. And I, actually, I want to. Um, before we get into more tracks of the album, I kind of want to talk about um, doing this type of project and, and and the maturity level of it in terms of as you. Yeah, I mean, you become 50, you can't rap about going to a club and picking up 12,000 women and bringing them home, right? That was never my thing anyway, but yeah, you can't. Right, so so there has to be this maturity. Is it, looking at, looking at um, the rap music industry and longevity, I mean, is this, for, for artists that you see, even younger artists who are good, but are rapping about, you know, I guess, quote unquote, young, young man stuff or young women stuff that are they going to, I mean, is this like a lesson that they could learn from you in terms of like a blueprint in terms of how to become, have longevity in this, in this music industry versus just doing this for two years and then having to bounce because they have nothing else to write about? Well, there's a handful of them that do it, but I would say that, um, you know, first of all, you have to get rid of the stigma of oh, this guy's been in this this long. I'm not interested in what he has to say. Right. But the whole point of it was, again, not even just other artists, man. I just want people in life to understand that 
it's never too late to change course. Never. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to change course, man. It's never too late. But what I do know is at my age, it could be one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Right. And no matter what anyone thinks, I have this great sense of pride in me now that I actually decided to do it. And now I'm actually doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, most people in their late in their late forties are stuck in their ways and they're good with it. Right. And that's that's throughout yeah, I mean that that's not just hip hop, that's throughout every That's every, throughout life. And, yeah. and usually what happens is is when you get to that point, it's like there's nothing wrong with me, there's something wrong with everyone else. Right. You know. And self-reflection is the hard thing to do, man, for some people. And it was even hard for me. Speaking of a song that seems to be about self-reflection, um, the track, It's a Draw, Nobody Wins, that seems to be a conversation. For me, it was a conversation you're having with yourself. Is that, is that Was that the case? It's a Draw was basically, like I just previously said, about, even though I kind of made it also about a relationship, it's really about again someone feeling like if you don't think like them there's something wrong with you i say it in the beginning you know um you might need to seek therapy you don't think just like i do it really worries me Mm -hmm. and it's like wow you know again we have this thing right now where different perspectives to some people is just poison you know, right. it's like your opinion should be the only one that matters in a world full of billions of people. It's pretty sad. Right. So that's why I named it. It's a draw. And when I put it in parentheses, nobody wins. Nobody's winning. Compromise is a, ver- a lost art, man. You know? And and why it is is because for some people, it seems like weakness to them. You know, not cool, man. It's not cool. Because also, if you give someone your, it's also those times you give someone your opinion, they get, uh, they automatically go into defensive mode, right? Well, this is what it is. You have a whole bunch of narcissists calling you a narcissist. Right. Exactly. It's like a defense mechanism. You know, but I feel like this, if you can tell me what you think is wrong with me, I have every right to also tell you. Right. And when it gets to the point where I can't, but you think you can still, we're not going to, we're not going to, I'm not going to be comfortable around you. You know, it's very much easier to point the finger outward than inward. Because it makes you feel like you don't have to think about your own shortcomings, like I said earlier. And I'm not using the word shortcomings as something derogatory or something belittling. We are humans. We all fall short in one way or another. You know? I want to talk about, um, just move away for a little bit, and talk about... um the the importance of the, of the of the scratch for you, uh, especially on this album. 
uh, this you know there's so many so many so many examples on this album that you have someone just you know uh, I think it's shy the beat yoga scratching it up right. He is a scientist. That guy. What is this? Um, you know, you, you talk to any DJ about the scratch, and it's just like there's no rock without guitars. Like there's no hip hop without scratches, right? Yeah. Um, for you, what is the kind of the importance of having the scratch, especially for this project, especially for what it's about? To be honest with you, I felt like um, in the climate we're in, the the content and the messages I'm speaking on may not seem too hip hop to people. So I felt like, you know, if we add these scratches, it's going to draw them in where while they're listening to it and like, yo, this is hip hop, they'll actually get the messages as well. So that's what it was. It, it, as dope as they are, it was kind of a diversion tactic for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. The final track of the album, My Bad, is uh, is about you because you, you you say, "I guess it's time to talk about myself." Uh, Again, you can't point the finger outward if you can't point it inward. What what was the what, you know? It, it's I feel like it's really hard to write about yourself, uh, especially in such a personal level. Like you could you know, it's, it's if you're writing about yourself about how great you are, then that's one thing, right? Like you know what? Uh, but you're you're you know, you're pointing your finger at yourself. Uh, what was this writing the writing process for you like for this but also why is this the final kind of this ends the, the album and this is what you leave your fans with I'll be honest with you I wasn't talking to them I was nah. talking to people in my life mm. I was talking to people in my life I was like sincerely apologizing for some of my behaviors but at the same time explaining to them why they became that way not saying they were right, still saying they're wrong, but again, if you haven't walked a mile in my shoes and you just judge the behavior and not go, okay, I wonder why this is like this, you won't understand. And I take part in that because I've never spoken to anybody about some of the stuff that I've been through and how I felt about things. So, uh, Someone made a comment last night on the project. It was like, you know, for one, it takes a lot to tell the whole world that you're sorry. And secondly, it also makes people understand you better the way right. you explained it. You know, one of my favorite lines in that song is um, when I say uh, started working on the next single. This one would be better. That hope is what I cling to. My hard work brought the same results. It left me feeling broken. I wasn't even an adult. So imagine having a song that didn't do as good as the first one when you're 14 years old. Right. You you, you couldn't possibly imagine how mentally that can shape you. You know, and then that's been my career after that. We had the symphony dropping science. And then I talk about this also, how when I finally went to Atlantic Records and did the Kingpin, it was totally unfocused and rushed. And, you know, I didn't really have any input. And it was a terrible project. And I got a lot of shit for it, which was well-deserved. But I was 16. Right. And this is a lot of stuff to, to deal with at, at that age, man. I shouldn't even have been thinking about any of that. 
So that's what that song was about, basically. Just, look, man, I'm sorry. And it was wrong, but let me give you some insight on why the attitude was that way. And maybe, just maybe, instead of it being personal for you, like, oh, this guy was an asshole or this, that, and the third, you'll go, damn, I didn't know that. I understand. Because it's also, it's interesting because from like a, from a, I guess a fan point of view, right? You see like all your accomplishments and then I'm, I'm 41 and I'm like, wow, Greg did a lot, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and you're like, he did all this by the age of 16. What the, what the heck am I doing with my life? But then you also don't, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that, I mean, to your point, it's just like, you don't get a chance to grow up. No, no, I never have. And that's, that's what, that's, that's what all of the changes personally for me is now. And though it's so late in years wise, I still feel like it's something I had to do to save my own sanity. I wasn't going crazy or anything like that. I'm just saying that my warped perspective of life came from not having a normal childhood. You know, and, you know, this is why I'm making these decisions now, basically. Was there, I mean, was there ever a time in, I mean, did you, did you ever have a, um, I guess a mentor that kind of warned you about this and you just weren't at the position to listen to him or her, or was that just not something that was happening in hip hop? I'll be honest with you, my, my family was trying to, but. You know, it's I, I have a son, you know, and it's really hard to try to tell someone how to live their life. It really is. And especially when you're young, I have a whole bunch of buddy, you know, I'm not trying to hear none right. of y'all. I got this. I got this. I moved into my first apartment when I was 17. That's incredible. So, yeah, you know, so I, I, I wasn't trying to hear any of it. So. I mean, music business-wise, I did. And I think that's a terrible thing. I think that there should be more mentoring. You know, I just wrote a verse for something that we were going to do that got canceled where I say at the end of it, I think these record deals should include some form of therapy, especially for younger artists. Yeah. Because you're not really even mentally prepared for life. And no matter what happens in this entertainment business, there are only, I could probably count on one finger, people who are going to have one continuous level of success. It doesn't work that way. It's up and downs. The fans love you one day, they hate you the next. And as a certain age, that's really hard to deal with if you don't have some sort of guidance or someone to talk to about these things. And that's why... I'd, in the Narcissist theme song video, I'm in therapy. And at the end, I put that message up. Like, look, man, talk to friends, family. Look, man, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And you have to be ready for it. And do, I mean, do you think that's a conversation that will be had or going to be had in terms of working with younger artists or artists in general about, you know, having a mentor system or a therapy system that... I hope... I hope. I mean, I see a few younger artists speaking on it now, but I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Because 
Look, not even just in the entertainment business, man. Right now, a lot of us aren't all right, man. But we're masking it because, it's again, it's weakness. You would rather show that you're strong or show that you don't care or show that you're indifferent than actually, you know, find the root of yourself. And, 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 and actually, instead of burying it and ignoring it, recognizing it, attacking it, and changing it. Because at the end of the day, man, I don't care how much music sells. I don't care what I do. In life. I just want to be happy, man. I just want to be happy. That's it. Um, so you, you mentioned the song Dear Daddy before, and I want yeah. to kind of just kind of kind of break down how I wrote this question out to you. Uh, okay. Uh, and I know you mentioned that Dear Daddy wasn't fully about, you know, it's not fully about you. No, it's absolutely not about me at all. I mean, I, it's something I saw. So I did. So, so you know, so admittedly, I thought it was so... You know, when Limelight came out, I was like, wow, this is the most honest thing. You know, such an honest track, first track of, you know. And then, admittedly, I was um, looking for, you know, I send music to Chuck D for Andrew Don't Stop with Chuck D. And I was looking yeah. for songs that I could send to him. Uh, you have your songs from the Federico to him. So, admittedly, I yeah. kind of went out of order uh, in terms of what to hear. And, you know, Dear Daddy popped up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, kind of a play on, like, Dear Mama, you know. Um, yeah. And then I, what it is absolutely is it? No, no, I know. I just you know just from like a <laughs> yeah. title standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then I heard that, dear daddy, and 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 prior to you telling me this, I thought it was like, wow, that's really you know this is a crazy personal song. Um, yeah. So being so, can you just well one talk about the song, but also two, can you talk about you know uh, what did I did I do you think did I lose anything by? Not going in order of your of the of the album, like you know, if I possibly, possibly, but I mean, it's all subjective, so I don't really, I can't really say for sure. It's all subjective. And then, can you kind of talk about more about uh, the track, Dear Daddy, and like who's it about, and you know, how did Dear come Daddy, to? Dear Daddy is about a really good friend of mine whose daughter is like my goddaughter, and he was in a relationship with the mother. And the mother, this this child now is almost 10 years old, and the mother is still very bitter, very bitter, where the point where he tries to call her, he can't speak to her, the mother is putting all these ideas in the kid's head, and he's a good father. And uh, recently, she relocated with the child, and a few years ago, and the child comes, like, to stay with him for, like, a month or so in the summer. And, you know, you know, she loves me to death. So whenever she comes, he's like, yo, we got to go out to eat with her, you know, because she wants to see you. And I just was listening to, listening to her talk. Mm. I was just listening to her talk. And I was like, wow, this is crazy that, you know, you would purposely not let him speak to her when she calls you know you would personally uh bad mouth him because you're upset that the relationship didn't work out and it's like wow you know like i say in the song you're teaching hate to somebody who shouldn't even be learning that right you know and kids are way smarter now and they can sense bitterness. They can sense all of that now. 
you know, and, and, and these are things adults should talk to other adults about. Like I said, in the second verse, mommy really hates men. She tells me not to trust them, but I'm only 10. That's not something I need to be learning. So that's really what that song represents. Because I don't have any daughters. Like I said, I have one son. Unfortunately, me and his mother never really went through any crazy, you know, custody or child support or visitation stuff. Sadly for me, I was on the road a lot, so I didn't get a lot of time to spend with my son. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, his album is uh, Job Friday. Um, what is kind of the for you what what has been the 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 highlight in terms of uh feedback or comments from uh fans but also from your peers that it's it's honest and that it's thought provoking and in some cases it's therapeutic for the listener and that's all I wanted to do and also in a selfish way it's also like it kind of confirms the things you're going through. You're not alone in, you know? Hmm. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people will never admit the stuff they're going through because you're not supposed to talk about your losses in such a braggadocious bravado genre of music. So that's probably been the most exciting thing to me is that, is resonating with people. Is this, are we, for you, you know, you mentioned a couple other projects that you already have in the works or done. I mean, is this kind of new theme? New theme? Yeah. I mean, on some of them, I, I still tackle rap and certain uh, fake gangsters, but it's like one song. It's not like the whole project anymore. You know, we're grown-ups, man, and we need to talk about grown-up things. The biggest problem with the genre of hip-hop is the powers that be never allowed it to mature. Right. And that's a sad thing because people grow up, even the people that are young now. And what should be happening is the people who've been through certain things It should be a template for them to understand what may or may not happen to them later on in life. Because if I heard, if I had it, I probably wouldn't have had, went through most of the problems in my life. So. Uh, And, you know, I mentioned, I think before this, I kind of bounced some of my questions off of uh, JS1. So he wanted me to ask you this last question. Uh, What are those sneakers? Theodorus. <laughs> <laughs> what it was, see, that's the thing that we used to joke about where, you know, um, someone would be overly excited about the industry to you. So we would be like, hey, what are those Pumas to kind of try, like, sarcastically change the subject? <laughs> so that's what we kind of did. Yeah. As as evolved as I am, I probably will still do that. (laughs) Sadly, not even sadly, happily, music for me now is secondary. That's awesome. I'm I'm on to something new. Like I said, I'm not going to quit, but right now, 
it's not the the main focus of my life like it's been for over three decades because it hasn't made me happy. So the last thing I want someone to do is come up to me and excitedly talk about the new such and such album. I'm not interested, really. Hmm. So what are those? What are those? Nikes? <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that comes from. <laughs> Shout out to JS One man, I love that guy to death, man. Yeah, man, it's a great, great, definitely a great guy. Yeah, he's a, man. you know, he's a Mets fan, but I can't, you know, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting what you're saying about um, how now music will be a rap would be kind of secondary to you because I feel that it's by doing all this, what doing these interviews with, you know not just you but a bunch of hip-hop artists and like even like i interviewed uh superstition uh mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and 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 he talks about how like his full-time job he's a project manager and yeah. he does he does rap when he gets home but he's, he doesn't feel like he's forcing it anymore you know it's like he's not he's not like you like you just said you're not depending on it for your livelihood yeah uh which i think from a from a fan perspective creates more honest and you know legitimate art yeah and maybe i'll just have more fun with it now right you know at the end of the day every human on earth has the right to have another passion in life right so so as i speak to the 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 fans and supporters and even the ones that don't don't try to box me in you're not going to like the conversation right right so i appreciate all of you but at the end of the day that's not my only passion anymore. Right. So allow me to have that. Cause like you said, in the very beginning of this interview, I am still a human being. So of course the new album is uh, fragile ego. Uh, Greg G. Uh, thank you so much as always to be in the library to Monica and taking this time. Yes, sir, Tim, man. You already know, man. I appreciate it as well, man. Thank you so much. Don't really have a filter the crowd. I never chased it. My whole family says I'm antisocial. Don't like when I'm approached. I sure as hell won't approach you. Like how did I become an artist that loves the rock crowds? These thoughts were always farthest from my mind. Just love the right rhymes. The dedication to that took up most my time. I was feeding my creativity. Friends weren't important. There was nothing they could give to me. Back to this pen, paper, and nightlight. 3 a.m. scribbling words would get me hype like... I can't wait for them to hear this. I hope they can relate and the words touch their spirits. I know it sounds lonely, but I was content with this life. It was my only way to deal with childhood trauma, the killings, the shootings, the people that have no honor. My rhyme book was my best friend. The ink that hit the surface would answer my many questions. I sacrificed human interaction. My craft was all I had. It was truly my life's passion. I felt better when I wrote down a tale or two, not realizing I'd be emotionally unavailable. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 
seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay.